This is the Law Podcasting Podcast, where you learn how to use modern media to get your message out and more good clients to your law practice. Here's your host, Gordon Firemark. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode number 19 of the Law Podcasting Podcast. It's been a little bit of a hiatus while I dealt with some family illnesses and things like that here, uh, but uh, we're back. I'm your host, Gordon Firemark, and this is the show where I bring you information about how lawyers can use the power of podcasting to support and develop their businesses, even if it's not podcasting specifically about the law. Um, my guest today is Sam Glover from the Minneapolis-St. Paul area in Minnesota, right, Sam? That's right. Okay. I know that you like to, to uh, encourage your guests to introduce themselves, so I will do the same with you. Go ahead and tell us about yourself. Now I know what it feels like. Um, <laughs> well, I, you, you got it right. My main job is I am the editor-in-chief of Lawyerist.com, which means I spend my days writing or mostly not writing and hoping something comes to me, um, uh, talking to our writers, uh, managing our queue. Uh, but now, uh, because we do a lot of email and we work on the podcast that we have, mm-hmm. I spend most of my time in MailChimp uh, or working on uh, podcast stuff, and I have an assistant editor that manages our writers. Okay. Uh, when I'm not when I'm not doing lawyer stuff, I have probably too many websites for my own good. But I recently started one called FormulaOne.com, which is about the law of Formula One and uh, auto racing. Oh, that's fascinating. Well, yeah, I, I kind of did it on a whim, but my wife and I are big F1 fans, and we and there's there are always legal issues that are very dramatic and big and involve lots of money, and so we thought it'd be kind of fun to do that. And maybe she'll help me with it. I'll have to check that out. That that sounds like fun. Um, so, lawyerist is well. Tell us about lawyerist and and what it is or how it started, and give us a little of the history. And uh, I think it's about well, we started in 2007, so it's uh, around eight years old now. And uh, I started it like like the one I just did mm. on a whim because I was getting really angry about the lack of good legal software, or at least I, I had ideas yeah. about what I thought was good <laughs> and uh, the, what I found was not measuring up. So I started it at the time it was called solosmalltech.com mm-hmm. and it was sort of um, uh, a soapbox spun, sort of spun out of a local listserv and uh, I kept writing it. And I gained more and more followers. And about five and a half years ago, Aaron Street, my business partner uh, and a friend from law school uh, who I'd stayed in touch with, approached me about starting a business. And we uh, we both put in, I think we put in 125 bucks a piece and formed an LLC, right spent most of that money on the filing fee for the LLC. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, that's it. We, we've bootstrapped it ever since. And it's been profitable since month one. And... Wow. About two years ago, it became my day job. So the business model is uh, sort of the old new school version of a publication, ad supported, and yeah, I, you know, we don't even think of it as a blog anymore. People like to call us a blog, but we're kind of resisting that. We we like to think of ourselves as an online magazine, yeah, and um, and and even more than that, because magazines don't have podcasts and videos and things, but um, or, or maybe more like a a bar journal with snark or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so anyway, it's something like that, but yeah, most of our money is off of ad revenue and, uh, or affiliate revenue. Um, you know, if you see something on Amazon on our site, we'll link it to Amazon, whether or not we've said good things about it. Uh And, um, 
And soon, if you keep your eyes peeled, we will probably start uh, releasing some white papers and maybe even a book soon for sale. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yep. Cool. So um, so the subject matter that you cover on Lawyers is pretty broad. Um, yep. Everything from practice tips to, as you said, the snark, yeah, <laughs> reviews of products and so on and so forth. Um, and you have a number of contributing authors. Yeah, I think about twenty four right now. Wow, wow! How does somebody become one of your contributors if if one of our listeners were interested in such a thing? Uh, ask me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> okay. it's uh, we're pretty loosey goosey about it. But nice. what I'm looking for is people who can write really well uh-huh. and. Finding lawyers who can write well is hard. Finding lawyers who can write like journalists, meaning they know how to research and find things, is harder. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I resist blog is because people who write for a blog think everybody cares what they think. Mm-hmm. People who write for lawyerists need to know that they are the conduit through which the information travels. Um, you shape it, you give it a voice, you give it attitude, you give it snark. And we do care what you think. But it can't be all about you in the way that a blog is. And so I'm looking for lawyers who understand that, how, how to write and how to write with a journalistic approach and aren't uh-huh. afraid to pick up the phone and get a quote or dig up some documents. Um, so, so good writers is number one. And, um, and if you think you qualify, I would love to hear from you because we do we – always, we always have some turnover. We always need um, great writers and we're always on the lookout for great writers. All right. So, so. we're going to give the contact information at the end. But if you want to say it now too, go ahead. Just email at lawyerist.com. OK. So um, we're, this is a show about podcasting and, and uh, first of all, let me, let me just – so you said um, that this is now your day job, Lawyerist. You're no longer actively engaged in the – consumer-facing practice of law from what you told me before, yeah? Yeah, no, I, I, I have a law license. I remain a lawyer, um, and I practiced for 10 years, but uh, I call myself a hobbyist lawyer now because <laughs> I have a few clients who are other lawyers who I do some um, appellate and motion practice consulting for, and that's about it. I said to you know, when we were doing the pre- pre-interview that you're living the dream. You, you get to pick the cases you want to work on if they're interesting <laughs> to you, and and uh, leave the finding the business to others and things that that's yeah no my I mean I'm living the dream because I I own an internet business yeah. that doesn't sound like a real job and it's profitable <laughs> and profitable yeah. internet business. <laughs> yep. so you recently started the lawyerist podcast what are you on episode uh, I want to say I think 13 went uh, went out last Tuesday okay yeah and and I've listened I enjoy it you always have uh, you and Aaron get together and, and do a little initial commentary and review of of sort There's of, usually a cocktail involved. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> and and you sort of start off with some sort of current events kind of stuff, and then you get into an interview. Yeah. That's the format. Yeah. So, what led to the decision to start a podcast? You know, we've I now that I think back on it, I think it was that we were too intimidated by video, and video was too much work. Mm. Um, you know, we've been trying to do video more for years, but it just. We didn't have a great space where we could be always set up for it. We didn't have a clear idea of what we wanted to do. And, uh, you know, we talked about podcasting before, and Aaron is a big fan of podcasts. Uh, and for me, I, you know, it's cliche at this point, but Serial kind of put me over the edge. I got mm-hmm. really hooked on it. And Aaron had been beating on me for a while to start listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I finally found one that really hooked me and that was it. I see. Um, and I also started running at the same time. So I needed things to take up that time while I was running. 
And um, so I got really into podcasts. And, and so then it seemed like a logical thing for us to do. And of course, you know, now I feel like everybody's doing podcasts. It's, it's the second coming of podcasts, which is great, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be a bunch of um, junk that comes out and hopefully we won't be the ones producing it. And hopefully we'll come out the other side. Yeah. And and it is definitely lawyer facing. So your 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 audience is intended to be those of us that are in the practice or in the business around the law. Yeah, we're not trying to scare anybody else away, but we're definitely not sure. doing it for them. We we've actually uh we know our what demographic we're targeting and mm-hmm. and that is solo and small firm lawyers. So So how did you get it started? I mean, what was the I'm I'm talking about sort of the technical setup. What did you go through to to sort of learn the ropes and and get it figured out? Well, you know, it's a little frustrating. I mean, there's not, despite the fact that there are some really dedicated people out there um, dedicated to podcasting, there's really not a lot of good information about just get this, do this. Um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Marco Arments. Uh, I love his Overcast podcasting app. I love Instapaper. I mean, he does cool stuff. And so I I looked for information on his website, uh, and that was helpful. And you know, I just sort of dug up things here and there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Aaron and I talked about what we thought the format ought to be. And, and I guess I just sort of muddled through it, uh, figuring out where to publish and how to publish and what services we needed and what gear we needed, all that stuff. So uh, I guess I kind of just muddled through it. Well, you threw me a softball, so I'm going to just uh, say it now. I'm launching a course on for lawyers on how to podcast <laughs> to, to uh, eliminate some of that that hurdle and uh, provide some information available. So uh, for the listeners out there, uh, keep an, keep an ear out and I'll be telling you more about that later. Um, so back to you, Sam. So did, you did the setup yourself then you, you were bootstrapping it again. As well, no, I, I guess I should say we first, we started by talking to legal talk network um, oh, okay. about a partnership, yeah. I guess. And uh, in part, because when I started looking, I started getting intimidated by it. And Aaron was like, dude, you know, you don't, you already, you already maintain the server and, and code the website and write most of the stuff and edit most of the stuff. You don't need to also be in charge of the podcast. I'm like, all right, cool. So we talked to the LTN guys and, and they're doing great stuff. It just wasn't the right fit for us. And so uh, we decided to do it on our own. And so uh, we found an audio editor. So we have a, we have a person who does our editing for us, Mm -hmm. uh, two, two guys who kind of take turns now. And, um, and and that's how we made it work. So we are we're doing it ourselves with the help of some audio experts. Hi, right, nice. Okay. And uh, so talk about the equipment a little bit. What'd you end up deciding to do? And, and do you guys record in the same? You said there were cocktails involved. You sitting in the same room when you record? No, I mean Aaron's in town, but he he records from his house. I see. Um, so I actually I just recently posted our sort of the shopping list on on lawyers because I was frustrated that there wasn't one for me. Um, yeah. But I use um, I use a blue snowball. We both have the identical setup, so okay. we both have a blue snowball microphone, mm-hmm. which we've been mostly pleased with. Although it's been a, I don't know if it's us or the microphone, but it's been a little bit of finicky getting consistent audio yeah. out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a cheap pop filter and and one of those sort of scissor arms on our desks mm-hmm. to stretch it out close to us. Um, I have a little uh, audio switch to switch between my speakers and my and my headphones. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have some headphones that were on sale on Amazon. Sure. And um and for for recording we use Skype mm-hmm. and uh call recorder. We both have Macs, so we both use call recorder. Right. Uh to record our our podcast cuz we're doing it's an interview format or yeah. it's us talking to each other. Mm-hmm. So 
um, that's in there. We, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the website where we got our intro music, and I'm coming drawing a blank on it. But we got our we got our intro voiceover from Fiverr. That's five E R R. Yeah, yeah, which I think like everybody uses for their intro voiceovers. The, now, the hokey one you heard <laughs> at the beginning of this show came from Fiverr. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So um, we, we actually, I think we did two or three <laughs> versions before we found one we liked, found mm-hmm. a voice we liked, but, um, yeah, it's a small investment, right? So it's, yeah. It's what else? I, I guess I use, uh, I, I have Adobe creative suite anyway. So yeah. I use audition when I'm recording something independently, or if I want to do some editing myself mm-hmm. before I send it to our, our sound editor. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like a you know, very sort of basic traditional setup for, for this kind of thing. And, and you're happy with how the call recorder uh, software is working for you? And- yeah, it's pretty easy to use. Um, you know, we've, we've only done 12, 13 episodes. Well, I guess we've recorded through 16, I think, mm-hmm. at this point. But um, no, I'm, I'm happy enough with all of it that I haven't, you know, usually by now I would already be shopping for the next thing and I haven't <laughs> started doing that yet. So, uh, so I guess I'm happy enough with it, all of it for now. Okay, cool. So now, you, because you're not running a law practice, some of my questions about, you know, how does it benefit your law practice and things like that, but how do you, are you seeing a positive impact from the podcast for lawyers? You know, I, I guess our primary, the way we measure our success is um, sort of, we, you know, page views are a metric that we sure. pay attention to, um, time on site, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. We pay attention to those metrics, but they don't measure what we care about, which is how many solo and small firm lawyers are actively engaged with our community. Because uh-huh. um, we we think of, we don't even think of it so much as an audience or readership, which those are relevant metrics too, but we're trying to build a community of solo and small firm lawyers um, on Lawyerist and, and provide them with resources and, and, and things. And so, uh, yeah, I definitely think it's helped that. Uh, I think it helps people get to know Aaron and me better mm-hmm. because they get to hear us and hear us banter and make fun of each other and stuff and swear. And um, so it's been good. And, and we've been very pleased with the the listenership that we have, although frustrated with the, you know, everybody says, you hear Serial talk about how many subscribers they have. <laughs> and I don't know how they measure that because you don't get subscriber numbers. So, right. um, so yeah, so I don't really know how to, how to talk about the stats on podcasts because I'm still figuring it all out, but we're very pleased with it. So yeah, it's, um, we, I guess we kind of think of in terms of channels, we have, you know, we have the articles on our site, the longer posts on our site, we have the notes, which are shorter. Mm -hmm. Um, we have white papers, uh, we do, we recommend websites for people and we have the podcast and those are sort of the channels. And the goal is just to give people different ways and formats to, uh, hear what we have to say and engage with us. So, so yeah, I think it's been really successful. We're really happy with it. Um, we're we're trying to figure out a way to make it profitable, but we're happy with it. So you're doing a sponsorship model in the show right now, and you you I think you're using Ruby Receptionist as one of your sponsors. Mm-hmm. Is that a cash kind of a sponsorship or or affiliate style or? It's an affiliate sponsorship. Okay. Um, you know, we have a. <clears throat> We have a long and friendly relationship with Ruby in part because they answer our phones and we love them. Yeah. So, um, so it's been it was a natural fit because um, we can we can feel really happy enthusiastic about recommending them. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and it's been working out pretty well. But we'd love to find some more reliable ways to monetize it. But in our experience, it takes it takes a year of doing something successfully before your advertisers really 
bite. And so, you know, we're still in that year uh, where we prove them, where we prove that it works and we'll get a few advertisers to bite and we'll, we'll get to use their data to try and get advertisers on board next year. Right on. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, unfortunately advertising in the, in, in this space still, advertisers still think like it's radio and they want to do CPM kind of model and <laughs> tie yeah, it to the number of Yeah, which is kind of irrelevant, but yeah. Um, well, I think podcasting is so much more targeted. It's on demand. It's, you know, people are, are choosing this material when they want it. And um, it's a much more, I think, a more engaged listenership than, than listening into an FM radio station while you're driving in the car or something like that. Yeah, and I kind of like being able to talk about our sponsors, uh, which is different from a banner ad. You know, I don't get to provide context around it. Um, you know, I'm not trying to sell anybody anything, but but uh, most of the time, most of our advertisers, most of our sponsors are things that I generally support and agree with. And sometimes I have very specific reasons why I do think they kick ass. Mm-hmm. And so I really like it when, um, you know, somebody like Ruby is on board because then I can really tell people that and they can hear hopefully they can hear that it's genuine when i talk about it um so it's a, it's a kind of a different way and it if i were an advertiser i'd be pretty excited about podcasts too so yeah so tell me a little bit about the workflow how you prep for the show what the recording process is like i mean we've talked a little bit about that but go elaborate a little yeah the, you know the prep is not enough <laughs> that we do i don't think um but we're still feeling our way through it i, I read i read uh, david sparks uh, thing about how he preps for shows and yeah. it made me feel like I'm totally not doing it right. But, um, <laughs> but he's a real detail oriented yeah. guy who does. Uh, and so we had him on our podcast and I was kind of sheepish about the fact that I basically sent him a uh, 10 talking points and, or maybe five and <laughs> said, let's go from there. But, um, so, so the prep is, you know, once somebody's agreed to do it, we set a time and, and I, I have kind of a canned email in Gmail that I send them just saying, you know, if you have a good microphone in Skype, that's what we prefer. But next is a landline and that's always going to be okay. And if you don't have either one of those, so it's just a couple tips for getting the best audio out of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And, um, if I haven't already, I'll give them some talking points. Sure. Um, you know, here, here's specifically why I want to talk to you and I want to hit these things. And I guess I try to use that as a springboard for our discussion. So, uh, on the day of, we connect and we talk for about 10 minutes, which hopefully is enough time to let me figure out if Skype is being glitchy or not, and um, to just roadmap our, our discussion. Uh, the trick is some people want to just really start talking about stuff then, and yeah. I, I try to, I'm like, hold on, let's save that <laughs> conversation. Uh, but that gives us a chance to establish a rapport as well. Mm-hmm. And then we we record, and we just do it all in one you know 30 to 45 minute session. That's about how long we're shooting for on our conversations. And uh, I guess I don't think about it as, as much as a, of an interview as a conversation. Yeah. And um, and so we do all that recording through Skype and Call Recorder. If they've got Skype and Call Recorder too, that's awesome. Our audio guys love to have additional copies um, from additional ends in case there are dropouts. And uh, so when we're done, um, every every weekend usually Aaron and I uh, get on Skype and record the intros and the the closing segment that teases the next episode. We use Google Drive to share those files with our audio guys. And as soon as everything's ready, I let them know. Um, I, I'm not sure what they're using to edit. Uh, I know that 
One of them was using Final Cut Pro, which is uh, actually a video editor, yeah. but he's a, he makes movies. <laughs> so it actually so has that, very good audio editing tools. So it, well, he he, re, I you know I I kind of gave him the slant eye, and but he re, reassured me that it was just fine, and and uh, I guess there's an audio version of it too. Yeah. Um, but in any case, so that's what he used, and I, our other guy is actually a a music producer, and okay. and he has a more I'm not sure what he uses, could but be Pro Tools or something like that. Yeah, so. yeah, it could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they they kick back the MP3 to us, and we use Libsyn to mm-hmm. do our syndication, which you know I don't think I figured out how to add a description to our show until episode <laughs> ten. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so, uh, so iTunes and and the other podcatchers are getting the feed directly from Libsyn, not from a lawyerist hosted RSS feed. Right. Okay. Yeah, we didn't really want to screw around with that. Uh, we we had done. We had a pod when we owned Bitter Lawyer mm-hmm. a few years ago. We we did a podcast for a while, and we hosted it ourselves using the Blueberry plugin or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it it just was clunky, and it kind of it it meant that you you can't go backwards from that, right? You have to you have to have the Blueberry plugin for the rest of your website's existence. And I just didn't want to be quite so beholden to it because I I'm a I'm a real Nazi for speed on Lawyerist, like I. Aaron's always giving, telling me about plugins he wants me to try out, and I'm always telling him no. And um, so I don't, I don't want to have plugins sitting there bogging down my site sure, forever. Sure. So, so Lawyerist is though running on a, a WordPress engine. Yep. It's uh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's a WordPress install, and uh, and then the, but the theme is all my own. Sure. So. So, so, yeah. so let's talk about the big objection for lawyers. You know, we all feel like we have no time <laughs> to do any of this kind of stuff. How much time do you feel it goes into prepping and putting together an episode of your show? Uh, you know, I, that's hard to say, I guess probably about, um, I guess maybe two hours a week Okay. on, on mine. I know our, our audio editors put in seven or eight hours before wow. the show is ready to go. Wow. That's quite a lot of editing. Well, if you get a chance, ask LTN how much time they put in. So, <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, but they're they're combing through the whole thing. They're they're ironing out silences. Yeah. Uh, when there's double talk, they'll separate the the channels so that we appear to not be talking over each other. Um, you know, they're they're ironing out the background noise and and things like that because you know we we're pretty rigid on the eighty twenty rule, but. We we definitely want to put in the eighty percent of the effort that we need to. Hmm. So, wait, did I say that right? I don't think I said that right. Anyway, <laughs> I, I know what you mean. <laughs> we want it. We want to get to that critical quality level because mm-hmm. people don't think they notice quality on a podcast, but they absolutely do. So definitely, yeah. You know, I've, and as a listener, I'll tell you your your production values are amazing, and the quality of the content matches it. So you're. Doing terrific. Oh, <laughs> I <shucks>. love it. <laughs> so, what do you think the most effective? What what makes podcasting so effective as a as a marketing tool as a communications tool? Well, I think it. I think it. You know, there's a sub segment of the society of our society that actually wants to listen to podcasts. Um, I was reading a post the other day about how narcissistic it is to produce a one hour podcast, but. I think that overlooks the fact that most people are listening to podcasts when they have nothing else to do for an hour. Um, or I could be wrong about that. I, I guess I don't know. But, you know, I listen to podcasts when I'm going to be running for a half an hour to an hour. So there's there's literally nothing else I could be doing besides listening to music. And I find that a podcast helps the time pass better. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
so I think one one of the things people get out of it is company, right? It keeps me company while I'm running and while nothing else is happening. So, so you know, while listening to Serial, we all kind of, may, I think we all started feeling like we were becoming friends with Sarah Koenig mm-hmm. uh, because she was talking right into our ear, uh, which is the same reason we listen to NPR. In Minnesota, it's, it's yep. NPR because we're the home of public radio, so we emphasize that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> or NPR for everybody else. Um, the uh, And so I think it's that intimacy uh, that you're sitting down with a friend who's keeping you company is is what I think makes it interesting. Sure. Maybe that's a little bit presumptuous of me since I, I have one. Um, but <laughs> I, want, I want our listeners to feel that closeness because mm-hmm. that's why we're doing it. We want them to get to know us better. Okay. So you're about a dozen or a little more than a dozen episodes in. Um, do you have any favorite moments so far from the interviews, from the banter with Aaron, whatever? Uh, I, you know, one of my favorite interviews was actually my interview with Brian Tannebaum, who is, uh, I don't, I don't know that we were, we were, we weren't e friends before the interview. Um, I'm not sure we were e enemies either. Uh, but he had a lot of critical things to say around the things that I was saying, and I, so I was pretty nervous reaching out to him. And when he agreed to be on the podcast, I was really happy. Uh-huh. Um, and I thought we had just a great conversation. I really enjoyed that podcast, uh, that interview and that conversation with him. And I think it showed in the, in the output. I still think it's one of our strongest conversations. Just for the listeners who don't know who Brian is, he, he's a uh, criminal defense attorney in Florida, I believe, right? Yeah. And, he is. and he's sort of, his online persona is a little bit of a, a curmudgeonly kind of <laughs> character, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I think he would be comfortable uh, describing himself that way, <laughs> or at least he'd be comfortable saying that other people see him that way. Yeah, he's very thoughtful about things, and he and he tends to have strong opinions and not afraid to share them and and defend them loudly. Yeah. <laughs> so, how about nightmare moments? Have you had the the glitch happen where you lost a recording or anything like that? Uh, yeah, with episode twelve, um, Ellie uh, Krug is mm-hmm. uh, she is a, a transgender lawyer and public interest law- public interest lawyer and mm-hmm. former um, kind of high test uh defense lawyer and uh and she and i were 10 minutes into our conversation when i realized that i had hit record and then hit record again to stop the recording and then we talked for 10 minutes and i was just like ah several expletives yeah (laughs) very embarrassing but but she and i are i I like her she likes me and and we were having a good rapport and so we were able to pick it up at the beginning and start over but that was the that was the biggest nightmare and uh, so now I keep my mouse button far away from call recorder while I'm recording. <laughs> okay. Well, you're not using podcasting as a marketing tool for your law practice because you're not in a typical law practice anymore. But right. Would you recommend podcasting as a tool, a way that lawyers can reach out to their prospects? In the, in the same way that I, I think most lawyers should not start a blog, I think most lawyers should not podcast. Um, <laughs> go on. <laughs> the The reason is because to say that everybody should do it is to say that everybody is capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've got enough. When we started, I had no idea whether or not I'd be good at it, and and we've got enough feedback now that I think I'm competent at it. Um, but I think that lawyers who are serious about doing it and have eyes wide open about what it actually is should absolutely start a podcast. But I don't think lawyers who are doing it for marketing first should start podcasts because you're aiming at the wrong target. 
Um, and I don't think all lawyers should do it because lots of lawyers are boring and aren't all that <laughs> interesting to listen to. Um, just like most people are, many people are boring and aren't that interested to listen, interesting to listen to. So, um, so no, I wouldn't. Like I, w- I felt, I used to say that everybody should try blogging and then I ended up feeling bad about that when there are so many bad dead blogs out there. And I would, I would hate to see the same thing happen to podcasts. So I think lawyers who understand that it is work and it takes time to do well mm-hmm. um, should absolutely do it. Um, if they are also willing to put some money into it uh, so that they can get the gear and the, uh, and the, the polish into it and distribute it properly, I think those lawyers should do it. I think lawyers should do it if they understand that the goal is to be interesting and engaging, not to do the audio equivalent of putting up a billboard. Um, and I think, uh, lawyers who have, you know, decent voices to listen to and have a decent idea, have an interesting concept to build their podcast around. I think those lawyers should do it, but I don't think everybody should do it because I think a lot of lawyers won't get that. Amen, brother. (laughs) So that's my big asterisk recommendation. Okay. Any other advice? Anything? uh... You know, it's been really fun and, and I'm enjoying it and I'm, I'm I'm not I think we're planning to continue doing it. We'll probably take some breaks now and then, but I I really like it. And so I would say if you think that you might want to start a podcast, absolutely. Give it a try. Uh this is the same thing I used to recommend with blogging is um to practice before you start it. This is what my financial advisor tells us whenever we say could we do something too is he says, "Well, practice. Spend the money on putting it into your savings account instead of uh, going on vacations every month, if that's what crazy idea you have this month. But um, but he says practice. And I think the same is true with blogging and podcasting is if you want to start a podcast, record those first few episodes, figure out what it's going to take to do it. Uh, the same with blogging, write those, those, those blog posts. Mm-hmm. And so worst case scenario is you decide not to do it. And maybe you have to find something to do with those recordings, or maybe you just ditch them. But Best case scenario is you do decide to do it, and now you're two months ahead, and so you're you're set and you're good to go. So because I think the hardest part is doing it on the schedule that you set for yourself, you know, just not giving up and keeping at it. Because uh, if you don't have a regular schedule, then people aren't going to end up becoming listeners; they're going to tune out. And so um, sticking with it is the most important thing, and finding out if you have the ability to stick with it. Even when nobody is listening, that's the the hard part to figure out. Okay. Anything I should have asked that I haven't? Oh, yeah, hundreds. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't, no, I don't know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, this has been a fun interview talking with you, Sam. And I've learned a lot about you and about lawyerist itself. And I've been following the blog since – or excuse me, the publication since it started – so I'm really grateful that you were able to join me today and uh, tell our listeners how to reach you if they have questions or interest. Well, the best way to reach me is is through lawyerist at lawyerist.com. You can email me at sam at lawyerist.com and um, you can listen to the podcast at lawyerist.com slash podcast or just visit our site and look for podcast up at the top. Fantastic. Thanks very much. Thank you to the listeners as well. I hope you'll please take a moment to send us your comments and suggestions on the website over at lawpodcaster.com. And a review on the iTunes store is always very, very welcome. 
So that about wraps it up for this episode of the Law Podcasting Podcast. If you are interested in podcasting for your law practice, please visit lawpodcasting.com where you can get free information about podcasting, our resource guide, and information about how to get in involved in the Power Podcasting for Lawyers course. Until next time, keep on podcasting. Podcasting.